Well, welcome back to the cast. It's been a little bit of a, a break, we'll call it, a, a hiatus uh, between season one and season two. But here we are again, Mike and Sam, uh, recording uh, mainly, to be honest, because we finally had some time. It's been quite a whirlwind season. Uh, both of us are at home practicing our good social distancing, things like that. And just with the rhythm changing, we decided this was a good time to get back at it um, to really bring the conversations that we're having uh, to the podcast. And so um, some things will be COVID related. If you're wondering about that, some things not so much. But hey, we are excited to be back talking on the cast with you today. And to all of our faithful listeners, we really appreciate you. Mike, long time no cast. How you doing? Good, generally. Good health, I think. Hopefully, although yes, you know, as I've com- admitted before, I I tend in the hypochondriac direction. So you know, every little tickle and ache in my body makes me feel like you know something's off. But um, overall, things are good. Small house, three kids. So you know, well, I guess you don't know, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't. We're, know. we're trying to figure that that out right now. <laughs> uh, church is different. Um, haven't really figured out a rhythm that that I like yet for my own personal work, to be honest. But yeah, um, overall, you know, uh, we are not complaining people. We are we are joyful, grateful people, and so happy to be alive. Happy to be still leading the church. Happy to still mm, be yeah. having a great community. So, so yeah, like good. I, th- I think I think we we are good. How, how about you, Sam? I'm well right now. Yeah, I'm. I if you don't know, I'm home with my parents in Mild May, so I'm actually not in KW at the moment. Um, kind of decided that this would be the best thing for both Sarah and I. Um, I guess probably I should. Yeah, there's fill an update in. since the last. There's cast. an update there. Yes, if you if you uh, are not part of our church and you don't know, um, Sarah and I are now engaged. Whoop. So anyway, yeah, it's a it's a real thing. I'm getting married. Hopefully this year. I uh, don't know how that's Zoom going wedding. to... Zoom wedding, guys. Yes. I'm telling you. Zoom wedding. <laughs> and then, and then well. here's what you do. Here, here's my great idea. I was pitching this to another one of the couples in the church. You have everyone on Zoom, right? Because you get like 100 people up there or you pay for the, the bigger one. And then, oh, yeah. That's where all the budget will go. Right. And then and then you got to just get skipped the dishes for everyone at the reception. So it all shows up at the same time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just like get everyone like, a different kind of thing and time it out perfectly. That everyone just arrives and like obviously might you make your guest list a little shorter, but like I'm just saying, digital might actually be cheaper wedding. than a, a regular reception as far as like per plate goes. Right. I you mean, just, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, especially if you can get a couple people like to group up it within the social distancing parameters, right? Yes. And then you yes. just then it's one you know it's one service delivery fee for you know however many people. I'm just saying, you could do it's it. Potential. It's potential. It'd be, it, it would I, uh, not be a traditional wedding in the slightest. I mean, Sarah and I said that if we couldn't have a normal wedding, we probably would just elope. I, I mean, assuming we can even go to like a courthouse and like, you know, get someone to officiate. I don't know. True. But uh, I don't know. It'll be disruptive. I'm trying not to get too uh, too worried about it because it is still, 
you know, five months away. Um, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to keep praying that this thing passes us by. So, yep. But yep. Otherwise, um, back where I was saying we are uh, in mild May right now, Sarah and I are both here with my parents um, sleeping in separate beds. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> um, but we are here. We did think that would be the best thing probably for both of us right now because we don't really want to spend too much time apart. And we also don't want to be traveling back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be good citizens right now. So um, this just made the most sense. I'm still working from home, uh, which has been... Yeah, it's been weird. Uh, I feel definitely very disconnected from my coworkers, even though we're talking every day on on Microsoft Teams and um, you know collaborating on projects. It's still the rhythm just is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I'm like I'm getting way more rest than I have in months. I'm sleeping well. I'm eating well, and uh, I am generally managing to stay in touch with people. Which has been good. Had lots good. and lots good, good, of video good. calls. Yeah. Uh, we're doing digital connect groups, obviously, and uh, that's been great. What's it like being a digital connect group leader right now? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I mean, the biggest, to be honest, the conversation as far as the flow of the conversation doesn't change a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the fact that some people don't always, I can't always see everyone, and some people have themselves on mute, so I actually have no sense of like what they're doing sometimes. Because there is that option, but um, generally the the flow of the conversation was good. We had a really lively discussion last time. Um, honestly, I've just been allowing more time for people to just talk. Yeah. Um, just about how their life is. Like I know we we kind of go through um, the questions about the sermon, but I've been dividing up our time a little bit differently because I think people really need an outlet to just uh, vent or you know, uh, share their anxiety or their mm-hmm. fears or, or whatever's kind of on their mind right now. So yeah, that's been the main difference. No, I think that, that that's actually really amazing. One of the things I, I actually don't know when this podcast is going to air. Um, but it probably won't be before the next sermon where I'm actually talking about one of the disciplines I want to encourage in our church is having that honest, uh, conversation with, with other believers, right? Like this, this commitment to community, because I find that, um, it, it, we, we can so easily, even in the digital space like this one, especially maybe because of the, the camera in between us default to that kind of Christian, I'm fine. I'm good answer so much faster, mm. um, that I'm trying to challenge our church to not let the digital interface disrupt the depth of conversation. Right. And, um, and so that's really good that to have the space for people to be honest, to be fearful, to be angry, to be frustrated, because um, those are legitimate feelings, even for the Christian who believes in a good God. And although we don't want to mm-hmm. complain, right, we, we do um, recognize that there are still these frustrative emoti- emotions in us that we need to express in a cathartic way in a safe place. And so that's really good. Yeah, that's positive. Yeah, I mean, like everything that we're feeling right now, this is stuff humans aren't really supposed to feel. Like, we're not supposed to be living life inside right now. This is extremely abnormal, unnatural, the way that we're living life right now. Unless um, you're an introvert. And so Just it, kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. But even, no, but even that, I'm an introvert. No, no it's and, true. Uh, it's very I true. am actually really blessed that I have so many people living in the same house as me right now. Like, hmm. I've got my parents here, my younger sister, and, and Sarah. So I am seeing these people a lot during the day. I'm not sick of them yet, which is good. 
and uh hey that's awesome i so i'd Especially say i'm actually Sarah. appropriately yeah I'm appropriately extra extroverting right now. I'm at a good <laughs> level. I, w- I do wish I could see like my other friends too, but yeah. um, that hasn't been an issue. But but I think just like being stuck inside and like not, you know, I go to work for 40 hours a week. That's what I've been used to for the last almost three years. And uh, yeah, that's a major disruption to my rhythm. Well, yeah, and this is like, you know, a lot of people are saying that this is going to significantly shift life permanently, right? How we think about life mm-hmm. and how we think about community groups and how we think about um, even work rhythms and stuff, right? Because you can get two different people, right? The ones who enjoy this kind of freedom um, mm. in the sense of I can, you know, like you said, get more rest, maybe eat a little bit better. I'm not eating out as much. I'm forced to make, make meals. It's all good stuff, right? All great yeah. stuff. Then there are those who, you know... Um, might like being isolated so much that they never want to go back right like yeah in fact um if if some of the cultural trajectories are true i'm reading a book right now called reappearing church by mark sayers talking about how some of the the cultural trends are toward emotional immaturity right toward um isolation this like this just just heightens all of that and so I'm praying what happens is that we recognize the need of each other, the need of slower pace, the need of um, something that I'm learning, right? That, 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 that rest, that, that pace, um, the need of community um, and not actually, you know, make worse some of the, the potential trajectories of where culture is headed in general. Right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm of a lot of minds about everything right now. I am trying to like process it and think about it. Cause I, I definitely, Everyone is saying, you know, this will permanently alter the way we live our lives. And definitely, I agree with that. I hope we don't learn the wrong lessons from it. Like, I hope we Mm -hmm. definitely don't um, be isolated where we don't need to be isolated. I think it is showing the power that you can get a lot done remotely. You can um, do a lot of good work remotely. But there's a lot of elements of my work life that I wish I was in the office for right now. Like, especially doing something that is supposed to be collaborative and creative I like to physically be with other people. I like to physically like force them. Hey, we're going to go into this meeting room right now and physically (laughs) be here and actually focus on the same thing. And I, there's accountability in that. And I, you don't really have that online when we're, we can't even see each other. Um, So there's little things like that where productivity I think is better in a real office. Now I also have a friend who works in it and he's saying he's able to get so many more like it tickets taken care of. Um, because people aren't coming and bothering him at his desk all the time. Yeah. Which so th- there is definitely pros and cons um, to this. I think what I'm hopeful of is that we will be able. There will be a bit more of a laxness for people that do remote, like can work remotely, to do that. Like um, that, it won't be mandatory that you're in the office kind of all the time. I think people will start to see companies will start to see the benefit of that. But I um yeah, like I said, I don't want us to learn the wrong lessons though because. Like we miss, we're missing so much right now. Just because we can do stuff doesn't mean it's as good as, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the real, you know, connection that we have when things are back to normal. And like church is a great example. Like we can meet online right now, but we, I know I was talking to some of the people on the worship team this week. Like there's major challenges with that, with being in a, room and hearing everyone's voices like yep. it's uh, a lot of the stuff you can't uh replicate like you can hear the message that's great but 
there's something for the church that's so important about gathering as a community. And um, so a lot of it we're doing really well, I think. But, you know, being physically in the same room, obviously, is irreplaceable. No, 100%. 100%. Like, um, the there's something totally embodied, right, about church, about community. Um, you know, Ivan talks about that a lot with worship, right? Worship is a full body experience, right, of, of or I should say full person experience, right? Of body, mind, and soul. You're lifting your hands. Maybe you're crying. You're hearing it. It's the, the, Even the sounds of other people singing, like, echoing around you there, there's something yeah, like the, the medium is the message there isn't it? like there is something in that right and and the unison of a voice and even like we're in psalm 23 right now for like this week and next and like psalm 23 is part of the psalm book which was a communal book of prayer and worship right and hearing others pray these prayers with you and um and so it is definitely see see what what i think this is um, for the church, it's a moment of clarity and, well, potentially renewal. Because I think what's going to happen is people who recognize that they have just been doing church because it's tradition, because it's what they've been raised to do, because whatever, are going to find themselves... Like, well, to be honest, just completely, almost religiously unfazed. And I think that's going to cause some questions, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, if I'm not missing the, the body, if I'm not missing that space, if I've just been going to church because I know I'm supposed to go to church or whatever reason it's supposed to be, like, although that's a very rare group in the modern Canadian landscape, there are still people like that where church, Christianity, Jesus is part of the culture, part of what I do. Mm-hmm. And... um. I think that's going to be a very clarifying piece for some people. Like, you know, um, at all churches at every level, recognizing that if church is this additional thing onto my life, the people of God, the community of faith are an add-on versus a, a foundation. Um, I think that's going to cause some some deep questions, to be honest. Um, and I don't know if the church is fully ready for those answers. Because um, I think yeah. a lot of people who maybe we wouldn't expect it, or maybe we think may are part of that group i think there'll be clarity given because if like, you're not going to church physically being there with people checking it up and saying how you're doing and asking you right and you don't really pursue it or want it you're not in a connect group you're not coming to prayer like you're not doing the very rhythms of church it's like well well now that last piece of like communal kind of space is taken and i don't know i, I feel like there's this element of, of clarity there that's going to happen in the church do i do I really like, like, why do I love the community? Maybe is a better way of saying it, right? Because if, if I love the people of God, I'm going to be with them any way I can, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if I just kind of love the fact that there's a community there, which if you're not a Christian and you love the community, that's amazing. Like that's, this is a kind of a, a faith specific question in, in, in that regard. But then also I pray it's going to renew the church. And, and by that, I mean, create a hunger, right in us yeah um which is weird in the digital space because how do you create a hunger for corporate prayer digitally like we we've been doing these digital prayer meetings right and like i think they're fitting no how how, how do i say it i think they're filling a need um yes but they're not awesome 
if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think they're great. Like, I really do. And I love being there and we're trying to establish that thing. But like, it's it's something different than being able to to put my hand on someone, right? And, and pray for yeah, them. And totally. And there is, there is just that, that nature to it. So I think we're doing the best we can with, with what we got. But I'm hoping... It, well, that it's evident people, that there's limits to what we yeah, have, right? hundred percent. But I'm hoping that it's going to make people want the real thing, even not the real thing. I don't want to say that this is the real thing, the the embodied part of it, right? The 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 commitment to community, right? I feel that because I know for me, like you know, I I can feel that tension of as the pastor who you know is in charge of teaching specifically where, where, where my role is very, um, how will I say it? It's, it's highly interactive, but, but in a loose communal sense where it's like, I'm not in everyone's life. I'm not in all those things, but I'm trying to teach to a whole community. I can still do that. Right. So yeah. that fundamental action hasn't shifted, but it's those other things, those constant meetings, like those coffees, those come, Hey, hang out with me's that like, I'm recognizing, even for me, like that's what makes me feel like I'm pastoring people. Yeah. Um, right. The the content creation piece is is like a creative endeavor, a, a necessary one, and we still believe as the you know the pulpit goes, the church goes, and all that stuff. But it just I'm recognizing that like it's a, it is that I need to feel like I'm in the room with people to feel like I'm doing my job, right? Yeah. To, to feel like, uh, and, and so I don't know. It's 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 about that for me in the sense of hopefully it clarifies some people's positions where they are with Jesus, but then also like strengthens people's positions. That I really love this, and uh, I'm I want the community of God around me. I want to commit to that stuff, and um, yeah, I, I just been trying trying to process that a little bit of of even the idea, and maybe Sam, you can talk to this too, right? Of you know when all of a sudden we can't do church as normal right and even our rhythms are all upset am, am i still like pursuing jesus because i yeah. feel like so easily it can like especially as a pastor i'll be real right as a pastor right when you're trying to preach a message or whatever you're studying the scriptures and you know all this stuff for the sometimes for the sake of the message right and all of a sudden you're you're given some more freedom and yeah. it's like wow what what am i going to fill my time with Right? Is it going to yeah. be pursuing Jesus? Is it going to be praying like I say I would? Right? And in how there is this almost a beautiful exposure of the rhythm of our life, the rule of our life is what we should call it. Right? Yeah. And I, like I, I don't know if that's something that you've been thinking about, but just how like, you know, am I really taking advantage of? No, that's not the way I want to say it. Um, have I built a cultivation? kind of pathway in my life that is still as rich right now when everything's disrupted or not yeah and and, and i feel like that's been a question that's been on my heart a lot actually um that i don't want to just love jesus when it's not even easy or convenient but when it's necessary like as like a pastor i want to for me maybe this is a unique pastor thing but that now when all the stuff is kind of taken away what am i left with am i left with that raw affection for god or am i loving youtube more right <laughs> like just yeah that, oh that, i i totally agree like I've, I've had way more time to do things like play call of duty for example right now i've been doing a bit of that um or watch netflix with sarah um and so yeah like my my evenings tend to be a little bit more free and so i'm kind of like 
Well, I still like, I still have to be pursuing God right now. Like I, I just because I have more time to do that stuff doesn't mean that like, like God's the amount I'm pursuing God should probably grow proportionally with all the free time that I have, um, mm. as much as all of the other things do. Like I shouldn't make all of a sudden more time for Netflix, but keep the amount of time I'm making for God the same, right? Like yeah. if anything, it should be an invitation to do that deeper. So. Um, I'm still figuring that out a little bit. Like I'm definitely, I'm, I would say I'm still reading the scripture about as much as I did before this, but I've added in some journaling, um, which hasn't, I've recently tried to introduce prayer journaling into that because I haven't, um, it's not, not something I've ever really done, like writing my prayers down, but I know Meg is big on that. Yep. And so I've kind of tried to be inspired by that and, and, uh, yeah, uh, write down kind of the stuff that I'm thinking about and, and praying for and uh, just want to bring before God lately. So, yeah, it's kind of adding new discipline. Like, now I have time to figure out new disciplines and stuff. One thing I will say, though, is it does feel like... I, I actually feel like... Maybe it's because we're praying twice a week now. Hmm. But like, I, I, I feel like my prayers are, like, really important right now. Hmm. Right. Like, I feel like feel like there's actually like like I actually need to be praying. I think sometimes in regular life, it's kind of like prayer is like a little bit optional. You know, <laughs> like I know it's good for my yeah. soul, you know, yeah. but like it's like, oh, actually, like this is really important that we pray right now. And I'm, I'm re- even it's funny that I say that as like the person in charge of leading prayer at our church. But it's like, <laughs> oh, I, I'm really getting it. It's like this is my responsibility as a Christian. No, and, and like on so many levels, right, of um, of just personal growth, like you said, of communing with God, of honesty and, and affection and uh, dealing with those emotions. But also, yeah, like we want to petition for our nation, for our city, for leaders. Like we've been called to pray, to be a prayerful people, to go before the Father. Um, so, yeah, no, I've been feeling that too. And like actually, um, one of the things even this Sunday um, before we're recording this, I'm, I mentioned before the, um, the, the discipline of like intentional community that I wanted to pump up, but then also I'm doing the one about journaling our honest uh, feelings. Um, not just mm-hmm. prayers in general. I want to really push into the idea of the honest feeling because I find that, um, like recording my prayers is helpful. It's so beneficial because I can mm-hmm. go back and I remember even reading some of my old stuff. I'm like, man, like there's patterns of my life that like I can see happen and God's answered this one and here we are and so vital. But one of the things I find scary, not scary, that's a strong word, but um, I talk about this in the sermon of how I remember this one time I was praying and God, I felt like God told me to write it down. And I remember saying to him, I don't want to because to write it down kind of makes it real. It's like, I own this. Oh, I know. Right. And there's a cathartic kind of like, I got to wrestle with the fact that I'm about to put pen to paper and say, you know, in this time right now, hey, maybe I'm anxious, maybe I'm afraid, maybe I'm whatever. Because um, when it's in your head, right, It and even if you speak it or pray it to God, um, it still feels kind of trapped inside because it's, it's, it's just kind of my personal moment. But the moment I externalize it, almost like, put it out of me and it's there it's its own now i've incarnated it i have to yeah i have to i have to deal with the fact that i feel this way on and write it down and so i think that's a powerful thing i'm trying to work on oh it's super powerful for sure like it's scary too like i i I know what you mean by that because i i kind of i think the first saturday after i got told to work from home i was like okay 
now I officially have more time. Now I'm going to start journaling. And when I kind of started journaling, I was, I was writing everything. I was like, okay, this is going to be a cool document of this time period of my life. Yeah. So I was kind of writing it almost as if like, I have to write it in such a way that it, it's like good when I read it back later. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because I'm going to read it back yeah. later. I'm going to do that. I have yeah. another journal from when I went to Peru and I love reading it back. But um, yeah, recently I'm kind of like, okay, you know what? No, I like the, what I'm going to get the most out of journaling. The way I'm going to get the most out of journaling is if I'm writing down my real thoughts uh, and fears. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, my last journal entry was just like a, a really honest prayer basically mm -hmm. saying like, I'm scared right now. Like everything feels really dark. Um, yeah, I went to bed, but that was the last thing I had done. And I think when you actually, when you write it down, it's like, you really realize the gravity of what you're saying. Yeah, no, exactly. Like it's, it's, it actually helps you process way better. Yeah. It's out. It's just like, it's out of my soul. And, and now it's just there. And yeah, like God has to deal with it. It's, it's a way of, for me, surrender. And, um, so yeah, that's the thing. And then, yeah, just the idea of prayer in general, you know, how much, and this is what I'm saying, hopefully it renews in the church, renews in me, renews in us, right? That prayer is like, is primary to so much of our Christian life. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I'm going to be doing, um, and hopefully next week is the plan, um, kind of like a mini series um, on some of the disciplines of the faith just to create, go in a little deeper, just to give people some some handlebars on a few of them. And um, one of the things I want to talk about is ultimately how our, you know, our our, dis, our, our growth as Christians is, is kind of like a, a system, right? That there's inputs, uh, there's there's connections, there's outputs, there's expectations, all this different stuff that, that comes together. And, and there's this beautiful um, psalm, Psalm 1, right? Where we, we read that, the tree planted by the the river, um, just in in time, right, has its right fruit, um, and all this different stuff. And it's this image. Actually, I was reading this book, as I mentioned, by Mark Sayer. And he talks about how it's actually an image of a a system of growth. That when you put the right input into your life, um, there will be an abundance of fruit available. That the right results come out. It's as simple as that. And and for us, what is the right input? And, and, and it's actually just the presence of God. That's what we need. And how do we, how do, how do we, um, I don't want to say access the presence of God because we believe it's everywhere. It's all, but that prayerful awareness of yeah. just the presence of God in my life that I, that I need my reactions shifted. I need my fears shifted. Not not just my actions and words. I need I need the inner self being exposed, being totally healed. Right. That mm -hmm. that now. I think all that's come to light. Do I depend on prayer for my life or do I depend on myself? Because prideful people will not pray. And that's what scares me. Yeah. Right? It's because the, 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 the less amount of time that I pray, um, truly the more um, prideful that we will grow. And, and it yeah. might be self-pityingly prideful because that is an aspect of pride. But this idea of like, I don't need God. I don't need to depend. I don't need, as much as I say it out loud, like I can say it, you know, I'm, as you know, Sam, like my kids, we teach them to, teach to pray the Lord's Prayer and your kingdom come. And But if I'm not actually going before the king and petitioning him and being with him, um, like my the input into my soul is is the wrong one, right? It's fear, it's pride, yeah. it's sin. And, and so just recognizing that and like how much, you know, 
we need that. And in the good times, I get it, right? It's so easy just to forget. And right now it's clarifying that. And I hope that for some people to recognize that this doesn't show them that somehow they're strong without faith or strong without prayer, but that they they need it so much. That's my hope. And and yeah. I think I think people will, um, under the God into the Holy Spirit, actually come to that conclusion that that like I need to pray or my brain will not function right. <laughs> Straight yeah. up, I, like my fears will take over. Um, you know, I'm hoping for that. Yeah, I uh, I think the thing I'm learning the most right now in this time is just uh, how much of the like religious heart still like lives in me. Hmm. That's what I'm trying, and that's what I'm trying to break more and more because I think that what this exposes is how much we depend on our own wisdom and ingenuity and like earning. To be honest, like you know, we have to make wise decisions right now. Yeah. Um, knowing that can allow fear to come in as well. Very much. And 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 this idea that I can save myself and if I do the right thing, um, I'm in control. And so. Yeah, I'm, I've been really having to allow God to break a lot of that down again. I mean, I think we kind of think it goes comes and goes in cycles, but uh, it's definitely connected to your pridefulness. Yep, for sure, hundred percent. And so, prayer is the antidote to that. Amen. <laughs>